Welcome to Lifting Coast. It's KB. We're back with another episode with a special guest today. Skips, how are you? What's up, everybody? I'm Scott. You guys might not know me, but I'm usually behind the audio production, a little member of Title League, and I'm excited to talk F1, man. Bro, you're always the guy that's behind the computer screen. You're on the hot mic. Today, you're front and center. How does it feel? Feels good, man. I mean, you know, it's always good to be behind the camera and, you know, you're talking F1. It's a good day. So what do you know about F1? Like, how did you get introduced to the sport? Obviously, we talk a lot about it here at Title. We're in the office. We're chit-chatting. But what are your earliest memories of you being introduced to the sport? So I watched F1 as a kid with my dad a little bit. Not a lot, but I did watch a lot with my, like a little bit with my dad. And then I just remember Schumacher. That's like Schumacher was the guy in Ferrari. So like I got reintroduced to it like this year or last year, 2020, when you brought it to my attention. I was like, holy cow, I've been watching this for so long. And now to see Ferrari just be at the bottom, well, not the bottom, but not even be a contender. It's like, it's like when the Lakers are good or when the Knicks are good. It's just better for the sport when Ferrari's there. But that's pretty much my kind of background, if you want to sum it up quickly in F1. But I've taken a real interest to it and I've really enjoyed it. You know, when you want to pick something up, you pick it up pretty quickly because you start to make it your, you, from what I know about you, you hate not knowing, um, or you have to know everything about the Yeah, sport. I like to be a student of so the So you've gone and you've started to dive, da- dive down some rabbit yeah. holes, research. Um, you've obviously watched The Drive to Survive. Yeah. Um, you've watched a couple other things. You've gone down the YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. What else have you found? Uh, I think Miko Rosberg is a chicken. <laughs> um, I- I'm-, I'm up for debate on Schumacher and Lewis, which might-, might not happen this episode, but I think it's really cool to kind of debate their legacies. Um what else have I came up with? Well, let's build on the, you think Nico's a chicken. You sent me the whole battle uh, or the war of the silver arrows. So, yeah, you know, I think Nico climbed to the top of the mountain, left while he was ahead. You think he's a chicken. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he won two years in a row where he beat Lewis back to back, then I would say, okay, fair, you did it twice. Um, the way he won, I mean, they both had their fair share of issues. But when you think about it, Lewis had a lot of car issues and it's like the leave right at your, when you're at the top and not even giving Lewis a shot to beat you. And, and the worst thing is when I go back and look at it and Lewis is like, yeah, I beat him for 18 years straight. And the second he beats me, he retires. He's definitely a chicken in my opinion. No, no disrespect to him. He's still a world champion, but to what do you think defend, of their um, personal friendship? Do you think it'll ever be rekindled? I think as they get older, like Shaq and Kobe. But the thing is, is like, I don't know why your personal friendship gets tested because it's like, you guys are your competitors, but you should leave it on the field, right? You should be mad as a competitor. I, I mean, I've never competed at that high of level, so it's hard to say. But it's like, yeah, Nico may have messed up. Uh, what was it? Was it Monaco? There's there's lots. So it was the one where it was a, a qualifier. It, it was, was Monaco. It was Monaco, yeah. He might have messed that up on purpose, but it's like, maybe that's not a friendship thing. That's just like you're a uh, chicken on the <laughs> on the track and you move on. But I, I think it's, uh, it's tough to say because I've never competed at the level. But yeah, Nico's a chicken in my opinion. Interesting. Uh, Michael Schumacher, we're all highly anticipating this, uh, this documentary that's being released in September. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I think, I think Schumacher is the goat until Lewis gets eight. Schumacher had the most dominant season, right? He made 17 podiums the year when he won a world championship. I don't think Lewis has got over 85% as I was doing my little deep dive. So I, I still have Schumacher the goat until Lewis passes him in, in the world championships and I'll pass it over to Lewis. Um, 
Um, I can't wait to see the documentary on Michael Schumacher. Obviously, since his horrific accident, there's been very little that's come out. And a lot of people, you know, when you are a international phenom, superstar, people get used to always hearing and seeing from you. Mm -hmm. And for the last, um, call it, what, eight years now, we just have been kind of, you know, it's almost as if he's not been with us because he hasn't been with us. So I'm hoping that this documentary reveals a lot of the questions that we have. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see it. But the biggest thing is like, it must be really sad for him that he can't watch Mick race. Like, you got to think of a mix suited up in an F1 uniform this year. He may eventually be Ferrari's driver. And you don't you don't know if he's be, been able to actually cognitively process all this stuff. Exactly. So it's like, that's questions. really sad. That's really sad for Michael because he's obviously, if he doesn't go down as number one, he goes down as number two after Lewis, if Lewis gets his eighth. But um, I actually wanted to ask you, what do you think of Nico? I'm not a Nico fat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that when you look at the point differential, Nico legitimately stole the championship and ran away. And do the, but the thing is, like, if you hear him speak about that year, he did so many things to prepare and get himself ready to win that championship. So he probably just knew, like, he didn't have what it took, what it what it takes left in his body to do that for another year to to repeat. So. I, I maybe chicken's not the right word. He just kind of quit, man. He's just a quitter. That's it. He didn't the, want to put in the hard work listen, anymore. We know how difficult it is, one, to make it F1. Then once you get to F1, to even score a point. Yeah. Then to even get a podium, get alone a win. So to win a championship, it's res it is commendable. It is highly respectable. Um, I may not like the guy. I mean, I, at the end of the day, we don't even know him, but he still won a championship. Yeah, you got to respect that. I, I, just, respect. I, I just don't see any of your great, the greatest athletes quitting after they're at the top. Only one year. That, that, that was just my thing. But, you know, Nico gets all the respect in the world. Um, his broadcasting skills, I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> the Hungarian Grand Prix was whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Nico definitely gets a lot of respect. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want my boy uh, Brundle back uh, on the broadcast <laughs> as opposed to Nico. But let, let's just bring it to where we are today. Uh, it's summer break. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've been following, but it looks like a lot of the guys are enjoying vacay. Yeah. Uh, whether they're in Greece, whether they're in Spain. Lewis running in the desert. You know, <laughs> you, his you his never know what you're going to get from Lewis, but it looks like everyone's enjoying their time. Bottas is cycling in Colorado. Um, very different vacation than the rest of them. What has this break uh, kind of taught you and what are some of the storylines that have intrigued you? What was crazy is that I, so as I said, I haven't been in F1, like as a kid, I just watch it leisurely, but actually diving into the sport, I did not know you actually legit had to shut down for two weeks. I thought it was more like a leisure thing, like, you know, all-star break for NBA. I thought it was just like, yeah, you go take two weeks, three weeks off and you can recharge if you want or you can be in the lab, but you legit have to shut down, which I had no idea. Listen, you got to shut down. You got to reset. Um, and that's why a lot of people are on vacay. But I believe outside of that two weeks, um, work can be done. I, I know I was reading that Ferrari says that there are there is a significant upgrade coming to their power unit in the second half of the season. And they're aiming to have it ready for Monza. Yeah, that's cool. So, like, I, I would love to see Ferrari back at the top. I've picked Charles and George Russell as my two drivers. Um, but I will say, speaking of new power unit red bulls 10 second 10 grid place penalty where do you think they take that like do you think they're actually going to take it at spa because it is a quote-unquote mercedes favorite track 
Like that, that's a big storyline because, you know, that can put Mercedes up another 20 points, another 15 points. Yeah. You know, F1 is just a chess game, man. It's, it's all just, it's this massive soul opera where who knows? It's going to come down to what Marco Helmet and, and Christian Horner making that decision. I think if you take it early, I think you take it early. You take it early, but. We're going to see all the little storylines leaking. They're going to take it, then they're not going to take it. And ultimately, this whole duel between Mercedes and Red Bull, yes, a lot of it happens on the racetrack, but I think it's equally as important on what happens off the track. It just feels like a chess game. Like I feel like Red Bull are like the whiners and complainers, and Mercedes just like <laughs> deal with what you have and just make the best of it. Because like every time you hear Toto, he just takes everything on the chess. But Christian Horner and... Marco Hellman are just crying and always crying. They are. They're, Christian Horner is always like this annoying mosquito that won't go away. And it's like his life goal to be Toto. And I absolutely <laughs> love him because Toto just exudes so much confidence. Yeah. The way that he carries himself in the garage, the factory. The guy's just a legend. He, he transformed Mercedes. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, I just think that as long as Toto's at the helm, Christian's got no chance at Red Bull. A good question that I, I would love to ask, like I'd love to sit with a bunch of Red Bull fans and ask them, why are you fans of Red Bull? Like Mercedes exudes confidence. They never complain. They just take everything on the chest while Red Bull just cries. Like who likes a crying franchise? Yeah, I, I think a lot of those fans came from their dominance when they won those four years. Yeah. And it's just carried over. And then, of course, you've got individual racing like Max fans. Max Verstappen fans. But Talking about Red Bull, there's been so much volatility amongst drivers. They've turned over drivers. We've talked about this. What are they going to do with Checo? So he's on contract for the year. Do they renew him for another year? I think Checo stays. The only thing with Checo is they've uh, Marco Helma came on and said that he will. He's not going to be a long term driver with Red Bull, right? Yeah, Which, based on his age. He's the, only 31 though. Lewis is what 36. Yeah. So it's like. You can get better with time. I mean, Lewis has looked, he's looked good year after year and he's, you continue to improve, right? But I don't know. I mean, we were talking about this before we got on here is that Pierre Gasly supposedly is going to be locked up for Alvatari for a little bit longer because being the number one driver on a B team is completely different than being a number two, two driver on the second best team in the world. Do you think, how much merit do you put under that? So do you, I think there's a certain level of accuracy to the fact that it's, easier to be the best on a less talented team than opposed to being second best or the second driver on the best team well you know the uh, the simple argument is it's oh it's not that difficult it's still tough to go from bad to good but to go to good to great is a whole different level of sen uh, ascension and pierre gazzi just they might doubt that. that that's just i think they do based on his experience with when he was with Red Bull. Mm -hmm. And I think on Alpha Tor with AlphaTauri, he's playing with house money. I feel like he's excelling because he's got nothing to lose. And he just knows he's the number one driver and he's the best driver that can sit in that seat. So let's say they get rid of Checo. Who would you want to see in Red Bull's seat? Who would be the actual perfect driver to compliment Max Verstappen? This, this whiz you know kid. I think, I, I think it would be a Vettel reunion. You think Vettel's going back to Red Bull? I don't think he's going back. But if we're saying who is going to be that number two driver for the next three years, I think a Vettel reunion would make the most amount of sense. I think Vettel's really happy at Aston Martin, though. Yeah, because definitely. Because I, especially compared to last year with Ferrari. Yeah. 
I, I do think that, I mean, I know we talked about this yesterday. I think Bottas would be great for Red Bull. He's, pro- he's proven he can perform in the top car, be a complimentary driver, and score his points where he needs to. So I really think Bottas would make a lot of sense for Red Bull. Now, the likelihood of going from the top team to the second best team and having all your secrets, very unlikely. Um, and, you know, but they- in theory, completely plausible because if Mercedes does go the other direction without Bottas, he can sign with whoever he wants. Yeah, I just don't know if Red Bull signs him, to be honest with you. I, th- I think they want to give Checo a chance. I know that we've talked about um, chemistry and kind of r- riding things throughout, like with a certain amount of time. And you just can't give che- a gyre of Checo's experience only a year to prove himself. Especially when he's had a lot of unfortunate events. Like, I- I'll come out and say Checo's done really well. He's got hit. He got hit by Bottas last race. I know another one, his, his engine blew. If you go back to last year with, with Racing Point, I mean, he had so many tough breaks. Is he just cursed like George Russell? Maybe not. He's definitely not to George Russell level, but <laughs> he's had some bad luck. And I, I think Checo's great. If I, if I am the leaders at Red Bull, I don't want to ch- make any driver changes, at least for, listen, go a full year with these two, go another full year because they've been changing drivers at such a fast rate. We all know how important structure and loyalty is. You know, ch- ch- nobody wants to deal with um with turnover yeah i agree like you always hear about when new drivers enter a new team on is does he trust the car yet well has sergio perez actually trust the car yet like i think he's getting there but like you still hear about ricardo he just started to trust the car what two grand prix ago so it's like do you really want to go through that adjustment period with bottas like let's say bottas was an available candidate or do you want to at least ride it out with checo for another year you got to give him another year and with so much uncertainty with the new regulations coming in and the new car, you you have no idea what's going to happen. And Bottas may not be that great of a driver. Maybe he's benefiting from Mercedes, like to be completely honest, right? Yeah, you just never know. I think you give you give Checo another year, you keep the core together, and there's still so much racing left in this season. You know, we're we're in the summer break, it's August, but we're racing through to December. Which is crazy to think because everybody's like talking about next year, but we haven't even talked about the back half of this year. And does Lewis get number eight? That's a hard call. You know, he should have had number eight. We talked about Rosberg, but it's cr- it's just crazy that if he does win this year, there's always going to be in the back of his mind like, man, I was just points away from nine or points away from eight. He's points away from, from 10 because he only lost by one point, I think, in his rookie season. Crazy. So if he won against Rosberg, he'd have eight. This year could be nine and that year could have been 10. Like, I mean... I know earlier I said Michael Schumacher, but Lewis is he could easily hit, he could easily have ten oh, by now. Definitely. Like if he wins this year. I think out of all the drivers, Lewis is gonna benefit the most from this break. We saw it in the last race. He was gutted. He had no energy. He still thinks that he's um there's the aftermath of his COVID uh from last from last season. Mm-hmm. So I think he's gonna benefit from the rest the most. Yeah, I think I think Lewis has come back an animal. And as I was looking at kind of doing my history check on F1. Um, Mercedes seems to come back in the second half very strong. So if if history repeats itself, then I feel like Mercedes will walk away with the Constructors' Cup. I, I think they for sure have a Constructors' Cup. I just don't know if Lewis wins his his drivers' championship. Man, uh, that nothing would make me happier than Lewis getting number eight. I think at that point you got to put him at at the top. 
And from the constructor standpoint, I think we both agree that Mercedes is stronger. I agree. Red, Red Bull, again, we talked about this just briefly. Perez hasn't figured out the car yet. They're still trying to, to make that work. Whereas you've got the stability at Mercedes. Bot has, has completely embraced being number two. He is following team orders. Um, it will be, I think Mercedes is going to run away with their constructors. So who takes number three? It's going to be McLaren. You think it's McLaren? It's McLaren. You know, McLaren should be a long shot, but Ricardo has been so bad. I feel like Sainz is better than Ricardo, though. Yeah, but... And I feel Ferrari, like Lando and Leclerc There's kind just of, so much that you just... <laughs> I can't put any trust in Ferrari. The thing is, though, like, think about this. <laughs> They're coming with a massive power up, a power unit That's upgrade. what they say, but maybe McLaren's coming with one. <laughs> do, do the next tracks favor Ferrari? I know Monza's their home track. Look, any track that's a fast track, we're coming up on a fast track in, in Spa, Ferrari struggled. But don't they? They don't have yeah, the pace. They say McLaren has the best pace on a straightaway. McLaren's right? got the Mercedes power unit, so that's why I just don't think Ferrari can come close. So you, so you got McLaren. I, I, I'm actually undecided. I got another two, three races, but I, I think it, I think it go either way, depending on the next two, three. We'll races. see. I think Ferrari's got to do a lot of soul searching because they spent a ton of money. They have not been relevant for a few years now. And, they, and really, since Schumacher left, it hasn't been strong. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I'm just, I'm just waiting for a, a lineup in three years when I see Mick and Charles. Do you think Mick is actually going to be a great driver? I think so. I mean, I, I did a deep dive on Mick. Like I said, everybody that listens to this, I'm not the biggest F1 fan like before, but they all say Mick starts off every single Formula Series F3, F2 really slow, and his second year is a lot better. And, and and you got to think of it, right? You talk about resources. Yeah, everybody could have money. But for what? What is he, 22 now? Till he was 15, 16, he had the best driver in the world teaching him how to drive. I know. And he's had, he but probably has the best coaches. There, he may have always been around the sport, so this is what he knows. Is it really what he wants? That's a question only Mick can answer. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, so before we wrap up, expectations for for the second half of the season does ferrari do they take number three? Uh, i'm gonna say no with my head but my heart is hoping ferrari to take number three <laughs> uh, that's the, i'll go and say that mercedes takes the constructors does lewis get number eight i'll say yes he gets better as years goes along if lewis gets eight mercedes wins the constructors what does Red Bull blame this year on? Oh, for sure. Silverstone, Corpse <laughs> Corner, <laughs> just before Henry and Beckett. That's exactly what the sound bites are going to be every single day on the offseason. Mercedes, the 1.8 million pounds or whatever it is. But that for sure will be what you hear from Christian Horner and Marco Helmut. So the, so the car that they replace is slower. I think it's slower. It definitely doesn't have the pace. I mean... Red Isn't Bull that clearly crazy? Had, they clearly had pace on Mercedes before. And Mercedes won a lot of their um, races through strategy and Lewis being a more experienced driver. But now, like, they locked out the front grid. Exactly. And and you can just, you I can think just tell. It's, ama it's amazing that you cannot replicate the exact same car. Yeah. I, 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 think it's, I think it's very interesting. And, you know, they say that Red Bull builds a car around Max Verstappen, like his driving style. So... It's very interesting to see if maybe the summer break gets them back to that pace. But then again, you're struggling to recover a pace while Mercedes is trying to improve the pace where you're already at. So it's kind of that you're starting at a disadvantage. 
but it all has to do with Silverstone Corpse Corner. I agree. All right. Well, you heard it here. We'll be back with more content. Um, if you like what you heard, where can you find us? You can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you go follow us. Make sure you go give a shout out to our page, Title League. And, you know, we'll be posting F1 content pretty regularly. So make sure you guys follow us. All right. We out. Peace.